0: All right. Well, welcome everybody to the Full Grim Podcast Experience. No, I can't throw "experience" on there. But welcome everybody to a podcast. This is a podcast I'm doing. I've always I've done a podcast for the last few years with Ruby Roo, the Culture of Clouds podcast. I love it. We have a lot of fun over there on that podcast. But I've always wanted to do something that's my own, something that is just just for me, just the, the podcast, the way that I want to do and operate and execute a podcast. So that's what you get in front of you today. And I'm truly and honestly modeling this podcast a little bit like my Tuesday Bro Tuesday live streams. I just love the Tuesday Bro Tuesday live streams because I know I love how news intensive they are. And I like reading that news and giving my commentary on that news. So that's going to be a lot of how this podcast is going to go. It's going to be a lot of news, some updates, stuff from the vape industry, stuff from the tobacco control world. It's going to be some political stuff in here as well. But welcome. This is it. This is the full episode of the full Grim podcast. And the very first thing we're going to be discussing today is this article I ran across from Politico.com. I'll have a link to this article in the description on SoundCloud, as well as all of these links will be available on uh, on GrimGreen.com as well. But the big headline on here says Sanders calls for vaping industry shutdown, then walks it back. We're talking about... Political candidate Bernie Sanders and his call for the vaping industry shutdown, and then he walks it back. Yeah, kind of. He kind of walks it back. The real vibe, the real gist that I get from this article is that Bernie Sanders did what most every other political person in in the spectrum right now has done and that is a, a knee-jerk reaction based on very little information, very little poor information. Grundy Center, Iowa for a moment before his campaign almost immediately walked it back, Bernie Sanders appeared to call Saturday for the vaping industry to be shut down, which is which is, first of all, an unprecedented move to make. That is an unprecedented thing to call for. I can't recall ever a politician asking for any industry to be shut down when alcohol is killing thousands and thousands and thousands of people every month. No one calls for the alcohol industry to be shut down. When we have the known killer, uh, uh, known as combustible tobacco cigarettes, still widely and freely available on the market that are clearly, uh, you know, a present danger to everybody's health, nobody has called for the cigarette industries to be shut down. They just get taxed and taxed and taxed and regulated and regulated and regulated and taxed and taxed and taxed some more. Because, honestly, politicians, public health. Orgs, body part orgs, they all thrive on tax, money, tobacco, tax, money. Responding to a question about the youth vaping epidemic at a town hall meeting here, the Vermont senator said, uh, the answer is I think we shut down the industry if they're causing addiction and if the, evident, if the evidence is that people are getting sick as a result of inhaling a lot of bad stuff. Again, that seems... To me, just to be a crazy knee jerk reaction. Well, if it's causing harm, if it's causing harm, shut it down. Unfortunately, uh, Bernie Sanders, we don't live in like this crazy protected nerf world. Everything, literally everything in the world, will cause you harm. If I go outside in downtown Los Angeles and just simply breathe for a few hours, that air will cause me harm. When I get in my car, there is the possibility of harm. There are hundreds and tens of thousands of fatal car accidents. I mean, at daily here in Los Angeles, daily here in Los Angeles, and not a person, not a politician is calling to shut down the auto industry in order to save lives. What we do is we educate people on how to drive. We license them. To drive, and then we make, we hold the manufacturers to a standard that they create the safest cars that we can possibly drive, which is why we have, you know, safety star ratings on cars. The one thing he did say in that statement uh, the industry that they're causing addiction, and if the evidence is that people are getting as sick as a result of inhaling a lot of bad stuff. And Bernie Sanders now. This isn't going to be my Joe Rogan. This isn't going to be me coming out and endorsing Bernie Sanders in any capacity because I, I, I don't know. I'm not endorsing Bernie Sanders. I'm still really on the fence on this guy. But what he did say on the Joe Rogan podcast, and that's one thing that really stuck with me, and I know I've mentioned this a lot in the past, is that he said he's a man of science. He said, I will follow the science. We need science-based legislation. And me hearing a politician say that IMO, that is a huge step in the correct direction. Now, we need to make sure that he's getting all of the science because it sounds like he's getting not a lot of the science. If he can say, you know, and if the evidence is that people are getting sick as a result of inhaling a lot of bad stuff, if he was aware of the evidence, if he was aware of the news that's being reported on right now, he would know and maybe, not, uh, maybe not if he's getting his news from the CDC. That's the problem right there, I suppose. But he would know that nicotine legal, nicotine vaping is not causing anybody to get sick. Nobody's getting sick and dying from inhaling, quote unquote, a lot of bad stuff from nicotine vapor products. What people are getting sick from, as we're all very well aware, and if case you're not, this is what people are getting sick from. Vitamin E acetate. It's a thickening agent. That is literally what people are getting sick from. People like to pin this on THC. It doesn't really have anything to do with THC. It has to do with the thickening agents that are being added to illicit THC cartridges. So Jeff Weaver, who is uh, Bernie Sanders' longtime political advisor, he told this article, he told this news organization Politico following the town hall that Sanders was clearly not talking about shutting down the industry tomorrow. He said Sanders wants more study and regulation of the industry to ensure that it is safe and that the federal government needs to act strongly in those areas. See, here's another statement that I don't necessarily... Agree with, whenever I hear the term, the federal government needs to act strongly. You know, you hear that, act strongly. To me, that's just, we're going to overregulate. That's all That's all I hear when I say, oh, the federal government needs to act strongly or act swiftly. It means we're going to take whatever evidence we have, even if it's not all of the evidence, and we're going to have this knee-jerk reaction, and we're going to overregulate. That's all I hear when I hear Bernie Sanders say, oh, the federal government needs to act strongly, act strongly in those areas. He was asked by a university student about how the country should tackle the prevalence of the youth vaping epidemic, and Bernie Sanders says, the evidence seems to indicate that vaping is not so good for your health. Does the evidence seem to indicate that? Or does the evidence seem to indicate that there are 10 million-plus current vapors in the United States with millions and millions and millions more worldwide that have been using these legal nicotine products for the better part of a decade, Bernie Sanders, a decade. And regardless of that fact, he's still saying the evidence seems to indicate that vaping is not so good for your health. So when you have products that are not good for your health, I think you've got to tell that industry that they cannot produce a product which is making our kids sick. All right, Bernie Sanders. Well, if that's the road you want to go down, it's time to shut down the alcohol and booze industry. I mean, 100%. Unflinchingly, we have so much data and so much numbers of the harm that that is actively causing people with no... Benefits. There is a benefit to switching from deadly combustible tobacco cigarettes to far, far less harmful vapor products. There is an actual added public health benefit there. There's no health benefit to alcohol. Zero health benefits to alcohol it's an industry that is actively harming young people it's an active it's an industry that is actively killing people and there was once upon a time where you used to see oh drink responsibly you know drink responsibly right you'd see captain morgan oh reminding captain morgan you know fan we drink responsibly drink responsibly you don't even see drink responsibly anymore anywhere it's just alcohol and booze jammed down our throats on a crazy crazy level i'm not uh i'm not an mma guy you know i'm just not but we had some people over had uh Dwayne, had kent over and we thought let's watch the let's watch the big mma fight tonight that's going on i didn't even know that there was an mma fight going on apparently there was and we ordered it on uh on whatever we paid the 30 bucks for the pay-per-view and watched a bunch of people just beat the tar out of each other. And I was fascinated. I, I, was, I got sucked into this MMA right away, just right away, and I was into it. But one thing that I noticed is essentially everything except for the P3 protein, which is the official protein pack of the UFC, everything else is sponsored by alcohol. The big, you know, the big replay segments are sponsored by this certain brand of vodka. And that's all they say, sponsored by this certain brand of vodka. There's no warnings. There's no uh, excessive drinking can lead to, you know, liver conditions, impair your kidney function, uh, can cause heart disease and stroke. Nothing, not even mentioned, not even a drink responsibly thrown in there. Alcohol has become so just normalized within our society that there's just huge billboards driving down Hollywood Boulevard that's just Budweiser, King of Beers. Drink it. No, no warnings, no nothing. no drink responsibly, no nothing. But yet on vapor products, we have to put that nicotine is, a de- is an addictive. This product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Meanwhile, on beer bottles, nothing, no warning. Giant bottles of birthday cake flavored vodka that I can get at the grocery store? Nothing. No warnings, no how. So Bernie Sanders, if you, if you want to tell an industry that they cannot produce a product which is making our kids sick, you have a lot more to tackle than just, just vapor products. And according to this political article, uh, Bernie Sanders kind of did try to dig into it a little bit. He asked the university student who asked him about the youth vaping, how we're going to tackle this. Uh, he asked back, do you know kids who are vaping? Are they getting stuck on it? You know, what's the story there? He, even in just this town hall, tried to dig at least a little bit into it, just a little bit by asking other questions. And when other Other right and left politicians get asked about this stuff. They don't ever ask any questions back. They always have a very canned response. You know, I talked about Elizabeth Warren's stance on vaping and e-cigarette products. I have a post on that on GrimGreen.com. And she has a really weird view of it as well. It's not a rational view of it. There's a few little baby steps in the right direction, but no one's getting it yet. And Bernie Sanders has a few little baby steps in the right direction, but he's just not getting it yet. And this Politico article itself doesn't really get everything correct either. They use this really misinforming sort of terminology. Uh, They talk about teen tobacco use, right? But included in that teen tobacco use is vaping. So even teens who are vaping and not smoking deadly combustible tobacco cigarettes are included in this teen tobacco use. So they say teen tobacco use has fallen steadily for two, for two decades before CE cigarette use first turned the trend around in 2018. So they're saying these, even though we have right now in America, the lowest youth smoking rates that have ever existed in the country, they're saying that this is a negative thing. Because vaping has displaced those youths using cigarettes. So even though we have low, low, I mean, not even low, low, the lowest youth e-cigarette or youth tobacco use, combustible tobacco use in decades, they're saying that this is a negative thing because vaping turned that trend around in 2018 and more kids started Vaping, kids that would have, in my opinion, otherwise been tobacco cigarette smokers. Vaping is displacing youth smoking, and when given the option, youths will clearly, clearly choose the less harmful option. Flavor and sales crackdowns that started last year could all, could, not, could not slow the trend. Five million teens reported recent vaping in 2019. Congressional Democrats and public health groups were quick to slam the administration for its slimmed down plan and call for a broader flavored tobacco bans. And then Politico ends this article with just bullshit words. Just nonsense bullshit words. Propaganda misinformation confusing words conflating issues the ongoing outbreak of vaping related lung diseases that has killed 55 people and sickened more than 2500 since this summer has largely been linked to a thickening agent used in marijuana vapes but oh here it is but 13 percent of the people with the illness have told the cdc that they only used nicotine vapes So it's easy to do just a little bit of math here and see that, okay, if there were 2,500 people that got sick from this thickening agent, 2,500 people that got sick from this thickening agent, 13% of those people with the lung illness said that they only vaped nicotine vapor products, that is exactly 325 people. The CDC is using 325 people who, I mean, if I'm being completely honest, I don't have my tinfoil hat with me right now to put on. I'm guessing that those people were lying because cannabis and THC is still a schedule one substance and still a drug. There are people in jail right now in the United States, that, have, that are only there for using this plant and growing this plant. So imagine being a 20-something person, of age person, but you're in a very, very illegal, THC illegal state, and you go to the doctor with lung illnesses and the doctor asks you what you're doing, are you literally going to criminalize yourself knowing that you could go to jail for saying you were using THC? Of course not. You're probably going to lie and say that you were vaping. Oh no, it was just nicotine. Even though 13 million plus adults in the country use these on a daily basis for the better part of a decade with no instances of lung illnesses. Yeah, it was probably nicotine. I was just vaping nicotine. And even if you are a status, statistician person, I don't know, I can't think of the right word. Even if you're a status, statistician, statistician, statistical statistical list, you can see that the CDC has this very, very strong link up into the 80 percentile that these lung injuries, these lung illnesses, these unfortunate 55 deaths have been caused by exclusively vitamin E acetate thickening agents. That's all that the CDC had to say was this lung illness is caused by Vitamin E acetate thickening agents. Drug dealers are putting thickening agents into their black market THC cartridges and it's causing these illnesses. They could have saved lives. They could have been upfront and forward with the truth and the facts of the matter. But in order to drum up support for a flavor ban, they purposefully misled the public and just told everybody, oh, stop vaping. I think that they think that the public didn't know enough about vaping. I think that they think that the public was dumb enough to just go along with this. Oh, CDC said we better stop vaping. And unfortunately, lots of people did. Not only did people stop vaping, but they went back to combustible tobacco cigarettes. There's a video on the internet of... Uh, this rap guy Lil Xan, and I don't know, I don't know shit about Lil Xan, but there's a video of him on his social media talking about, oh, those jewels are going to kill me, bro, I'm back on cigarettes, and him and his buddies are like hotboxing four or five cigarettes each in a car talking about, oh, at least it's not jewel, at least it's not a jewel, yeah, at least it's not the most successful stop-smoking aid that literally the world has ever seen. The CDC, the FDA, they're all guilty. They should all be held accountable for all of this misinformation that they put out there regarding EVOLI. There is one clear cause of these lung illnesses. And like I said before, it's vitamin E acetate. It has nothing, I mean literally less than nothing to do with legal nicotine vapes. I only hope... That someone gets in Bernie Sanders' ear. We need to get Bernie Sanders, the RCP report, tobacco harm reduction, nicotine without smoke. Maybe we need to get him that New England Journal of Medicine study that Dr. Ricardo Paloza did that shows that vapor products are more than twice as effective as any current NRT on the market at getting people off of the known killer deadly combustible tobacco cigarettes. It drives me insane. It makes me a crazy person, especially to see people with so much power, so much power making these huge influential decisions and having those people be so ill-informed on the topic. And look, I'm not saying That they have to be subject matter experts in everything, but they do kind of need to be a little bit of a subject matter and expert in everything. And that's because he's running for president. He's running for leader of the free world. We're not holding him, I don't think, to some sort of, you know, illogical, irrational standard. I think we need to hold these politicians to a really high standard. I don't expect the mothers from parents that vape to be subject matter experts, although they could be. I mean, a little bit of a deep dive onto the information and they they wouldn't have a PAVE organization anymore. I don't expect everybody to be a subject matter expert on everything. There are certain subjects and topics that I can't really speak to. I don't know the intricacies of, let's say, the gun debate. I'm a freedom guy. I'm a Second Amendment guy. And I don't think that the government and the police should be the only ones with guns. But again, I don't know the delicacies. I don't know the ins and outs. Maybe we need to be legislating with a scalpel instead of a hammer, which chances are that's absolutely what we need to be doing. So I'm not a subject matter on the gun issue or the gun regulations. But then again, I'm not running for president. I don't like the way that Politico put this article together. They still felt the need to throw in that whole, uh, well, ongoing outbreak of vaping-related lung diseases killed 55 people, killed 55 people in a year. Even if that were legal nicotine vapes that somehow killed 55 people in a year, which would never happen. If this vitamin E acetate Uh, you know, uh, THC, CART, drug dealers, illicit THC, and vitamin E acetate, if that had never happened, we, we wouldn't be in the position we're in. That happened and just shone a big light, showed a big light to everyone in the United States about what the CDC called vaping. This is all vaping, right? Just like Oh, all all alcohol is beer, right? No, it's not. There's subtleties. There's there's intricacies. There's some subtle nuance to this. What you're vaping matters. Obviously, what you're vaping matters. Besides the different multitudes of products and pod systems and contraptions and box mods and tube mechs and sub-ohm tanks and RTAs and RDAs and all this other nonsense, all this technology... That not only do they not understand, but it seems like they're just unwilling to even learn about it. The one thing that kind of gives me hope a little bit in this article is that, A, Bernie asked questions back about this, about this t- subject to this university girl that asked him this question. He asked questions back, and he has said that he's a man of science. He wants science-based science based legislation. I think he's going just way too broad. I don't think the federal government needs to quote-unquote act strongly in those areas. I've said this before and I'll probably say it again. I think it's the federal government's job simply to regulate the safety of the devices themselves. Make sure that we don't have vapes with shoddy wiring in them make sure that we don't have vapes with batteries that are going to vent safety you know safety switches built in into the software into the technology that's all that should be getting regulated is the safety of the products not the safety of the effects of the products and for the record i don't Want you know, I went on this big tangent earlier about, about Bernie Sanders saying, uh, you know, when you have products that are not good for your health, I think you've got to tell that industry that they cannot produce a product which is making our kids sick. I don't want anything banned, I just don't because this is America. I am a freedom guy. If you live in America and you are a free adult American. You get to decide to have that Big Mac every day. You get to decide to eat fast food every day. You get to decide whether or not you're going to drink a fifth of Jack Daniels every day. And you know what? You can because we live in America and you have the freedom to be stupid. Sanders can't possibly, can't possibly police the world because if he sticks, if he sticks through this, if he sticks with this, and saying that you've got to tell that industry that they cannot produce a product which is making our kids sick, say goodbye to all alcohol, say goodbye to cigarettes, say goodbye to fast food, definitely, 100%. Say goodbye to any and all candy bars, any and all sugar products, say goodbye to all sorts of energy drinks, Red Bull, gone, bang, gone, Monster Energy, gone, gone. It's a real slippery slope when you start taking things away from adult Americans simply because youths are curious and youths might use them and youths might hurt themselves using them. The first reaction of any of those pave mothers that found their kids vaping should have been, Holy shit, I have failed. I have failed my child. He somehow figured out what vaping is, even though we never talked about it. I could have talked to him about it. We could have had an honest discussion about it. But now that he's vaping, I want the government to come in and keep all kids and, let's be honest, all kids and all adults from vaping. There's nothing to pave that is anything other than moral grandstanding and virtue signaling. And it makes me sick. It makes me insane. So that's kind of where we stand with Bernie Sanders. The link to that Politico article will be in the SoundCloud of this podcast. It might be in the description on iTunes, but I'm not 100% sure. It will definitely be available on uh, on GrimGreen.com. So moving on from Bernie Sanders, it's time to talk about Trump just a little bit, because despite everything that's going on, despite Trump's telling Secretary Azar that I should have never got involved in this vaping shit his wife Melania was the first person to really kick this off I'm sure they found Baron with a vape and Melania took it upon herself that oh this is going to be my thing this is going to be vaping that I'm going to take down vaping and we're going to we're going to protect the kids and look Trump has done a lot of really bizarre regulatory things just a lot of bizarre regulatory things. Truly and honestly, some stuff that he's done, I definitely agree with. And regulation is one of those really interesting words that has kind of become different things to different people. There's people in the world that, you know, the government will get out there and say, oh, well, this is going on with no regulation and no government oversight. And to me, when I look at that and when I see that, I go, excellent. I mean, wonderful, fantastic, free market, let it thrive. Not all regulations are a good thing. Not all regulations are good regulations. Sure, do we need uh, environmental regulations for big producing companies like Amazon? Sure, their warehouse, the carbon footprint of their warehouse. Are they just letting off you know, tons of toxins and, and and whatever, and you know, these certified lead green buildings and things like this. Of course, of course, we need certain regulations in place. Even just going back to when I was a coffee roaster at Starbucks, uh, we as a roasting plant were under intense environmental regulations in that. When you roast coffee, there's lots of, uh, you know, debris and particulates, lots of smoke, lots of what we call chaff. We had to go, they had to go through these big catalytic converters to burn a lot of this stuff off. We had to measure and track all of our emissions from the plant to make sure that we were staying within the state and federal regulations of, you know, emissions from smoke and combustion of roasting coffee. Whenever there was an incident where there was something that went wrong, a, let's say, a batch of coffee just, but just, you know, it's something that could kind of easily happen. If you're not checking your temperatures, sure, we get a load of coffee that just bursts into flames. It needs to be e-quenched. That sets in motion a whole mess of paperwork because, oh, well, we had these emissions. They couldn't be reduced by the catalytic converters we let out. XYZ amount of uh, pollution and emissions from our plant. That sets in motion a whole range of paperwork and just reports and things we have to report to the state and things we had to report to the to the federal government as far as emission regulations so i get it that there's regulations in place that are designed to protect us there's regulations in place that are designed to protect our country and there's regulations in place that are designed to protect our planet And I get that. We live in a world of regulations, but we need to realize that not all regulations are good regulations. Not all regulations are helpful regulations. Not all regulations are even useful regulations. So we have this big article from The Hill, And again, these links will be available on the SoundCloud, maybe in iTunes, but definitely on GrimGreen.com. The Trump administration proposes removing FDA's authority over tobacco regulation. I believe this is going directly against an Obama-era, Obama administration-era regulation where the Smoking Prevention Control Act, uh, the Family Smoking Tobacco Prevention Control Act, I believe that was an Obama-era thing, and I believe that is what gave the Food and Drug Administration authority over tobacco and over tobacco control and tobacco regulations. Essentially, Trump is trying to, uh, well, let's just read on. The Trump administration on Monday proposed creating a new federal agency to regulate tobacco products while removing that authority from the Food and Drug Administration. The White House's budget request for the upcoming fiscal year proposes making the Center for Tobacco Products independent of the FDA with a director to be confirmed by the Senate. So this actually makes a lot of sense to me. And I think this is one of those perfect examples of government bureaucracy working essentially against itself, just becoming more cluttered and more convoluted than possible. Because we had the FDA, right? Food and Drug Administration. Sure, safety of foods, safety of pharmaceuticals, feel like they're not doing a great job all around. We also have ATF, uh, the Department of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, which The name tobacco is directly in their name, but they're not responsible for anything that has to do with tobacco, just enforcing tobacco laws and then we have the Department of Health and Human Services that kind of throws their hat into the ring sometimes with tobacco control. So you have, you know, all this bureaucracy, all this convolution of, well, who's really in charge of what? Is the FDA really in charge of this? Where does the alcohol, tobacco, and firearms department, where do they land on this? Where does health and human services land on this? Secretary Azar is part of Department of Health and Human Services, but he's been in the one in Donald Trump's ear regarding vaping and you know these lung illnesses and flavor bans and pod bans, so it really does just become this this crazy mess, this like king rat of regulations and departments and too many hands in the cookie jar. So basically, what Trump wants to do is create an entirety, an, an entirely new, new independent. Thing. a new independent authority the center for tobacco products independent of the fda a new ag- a new agency with a singular mission on tobacco and its impact on public health would have greater capacity to respond strategically to the growing complexity of new tobacco products well shit that makes a lot of sense to me In addition, this reorganization would allow the FDA commissioner to focus on its traditional mission of ensuring the safety of the nation's food and medical product supply. The FDA regulates tobacco products, including e-cigarettes and cigarettes, as well as prescription over-the-counter drugs, food, dietary supplements, vaccines, medical devices, and more. The new agency would still be under the purview of the Department of Health and Human Services. The president's budget request is just a proposal and is unlikely to pass Congress in its current form. The idea of removing Tobacco Regulation Authority, which was granted to the FDA in a 2009 law passed by Congress from the agency, does not have broad support among lawmakers. And Joe Grogan, this is something that Everybody who ever reports about Joe Grogan has to specify. Matt Cully has to say this all the time. But Joe Grogan, G R O G A N, not Joe Rogan, the MMA podcasty guy, but Joe Grogan, head of the White House Domestic Policy Council, council lamented last year to reporters that tobacco regulation was a quote. Huge waste of time, end quote, for the FDA. Tobacco has no redeeming qualities and it should not be regulated by a health agency like this. He added that it was a huge distraction for the FDA. Former FDA Commissioner Scott Gottlieb pushed back at the time, tweeting that tobacco regulation is one of the agency's most important public health missions. The regulation of tobacco products was one of the most productive uses of my time, as FDA Commissioner Gottlieb said in a tweet. Man, the regulation of tobacco products was one of his most productive times. Here's what Scott Gottlieb accomplished at FDA. Basically nothing. Basically zero. He did zero. He came out of the gate. The first thing he said, in the middle, I mean, at the beginning of the youth vaping I refuse to use the term epidemic. I'm thinking of another word. Youth vaping issue at the very beginning, the burgeoning, the start of all of this youth vaping, Scott Gottlieb's first, Scott Gottlieb's first de- demand out of the gate, oh, lower nicotine cigarettes. That was his first platform was low nicotine cigarettes. Yep, this is it. This is the most important thing: low nicotine cigarettes. We need to take the nicotine in these cigarettes down to unaddictive levels. That's makes that made no sense to me. Then it makes no sense to me now. Scott Gottlieb could have could have changed the course of history. He could have prevented all of these youths from vaping, but they did nothing. They basically looked at the 2017 National Youth Tobacco Survey and said, "Oh." There's a little bit of an uptick here in youth vaping instead of, I don't know, addressing it, having any sort of reasonable regulations, really, really putting the mind grapes to work and having like, you know, any sort of meetings or conference calls where they could have created these pathways. And look, I get that it would have been a lot of work, but it would have saved so many countless things thousands of people, so much wasted time and energy, Scott Gottlieb, you did nothing. So I get whatever you're proud of the work that you you did at FDA, but really look back at what you did at FDA and you did nothing. They saw this uptick. And basically what Scott Gottlieb said is, there's been an uptake in youth vaping. And if this trend continues next year, then, oh, then, then the FDA will have to act swiftly. Then the FDA will have to regulate with a sledgehammer. He let this go on for a year and did nothing about it. And I feel like that is just unacceptable. It says the FDA has cracked down on the e cigarette and tobacco industry in the past year, banning the sale of flavored products it argues are fueling a youth vaping, air quotes, epidemic and they actually used quotes in the article they didn't just say epidemic they used their own air quotes in this article which is just weird is that taking away the the epidemic thing is the hill even saying oh well this is a quote unquote epidemic i'm not sure but anti-tobacco advocates argued the trump administration did not go far enough leaving thousands of products on the market that could Appeal to kids, including single-use disposable e-cigarettes. The fact that their big solution was to remove the flavored pods from the market, they did this because they don't understand the technology. They did this because they don't understand vaping in any capacity. Didn't go far enough. We got to remove, we got to ban all the products from the market. Trump banned pods but didn't have the the foresight or the information or even just the idea that if we ban this are there any other products out there that could accomplish the same thing that we're banning if they had spent i mean less than two minutes searching on google they would have seen all this They would have seen, yeah, There's, of course there's disposables. The market wants what the market wants. And if you ban something from it, the market is going to get what the market wants. Free market groups and conservatives have also been critical of the FDA's actions, arguing that banning flavors is harmful for those adults who use e-cigarettes to switch from combustible tobacco cigarettes. Yes, that is a huge thing that is basically just a footnote in here. It's like, well, some... You know, weird people, some weird groups and conservatives, which conservatives is just a a filthy, filthy word now. If you're conservative, you might as well just be a fucking Nazi these days. Free market groups and conservatives have also been critical of the FDA's action, arguing that banning flavors is harmful for adults who use e-cigarettes to switch from traditional cigarettes. It's It's just a footnote in there, just a footnote. The reality of it is that vaping is saving fucking lives. 480,000 people die every year from burning and smoking traditional, combustible, legal tobacco cigarettes that are always available, widely available on the market. Almost at this point in 2020, almost feels like they're a little bit encouraged over vapor products. So, yeah, free market groups and conservatives, okay, yeah, of course we're critical of that. Of course we are. Adults use flavored vapor products, not just adults, not just some adults. And there's some even worse propaganda out there that you're going to see that says that well, adults don't even use these products. The only people that are using these products are youths. There's no evidence that they help people switch. There's no evidence that there's 13 million plus ex-smokers in the United States that have only reached being combustion-free by switching to vapor products. It's a huge deal, and it's just a footnote in this article, and that kind of upsets me. And of course, of course, fucking Matt Myers. Matt Myers from the Campaign for Tobacco-Free Kids is just one of the worst humans on earth i can't imagine being matt myers and having to put up that facade like having to have this dog and pony show every single time you speak every single time you go on the record matt myers is so good so good at walking that line between well no the campaign for tobacco free kids is an anti-tobacco organization but also having to still defend cigarettes and defend big tobacco because guess where Matt Myers funding comes from? Oh, you guessed it correctly. Lots of big tobacco money, lots of big tobacco money going into the campaign for tobacco free kids. So Matt Myers says oh, he's a- obviously he's absolutely against this and his reasoning almost makes no sense. Well, it's taken a long time for the FDA and CDC uh, to build up the staff and legal expertise to do this job that that's his excuse that's like that to me that's nothing but a logical fallacy that's 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 the time spent logical fallacy it's saying well well you know the fda and the cdc they took all this time they took all this time to build up the staff to be able to handle this that's That's why Matt Myers is against this, because it's disrupting the status quo. I think what Matt Myers meant to say here was, but all my friends are at the FDA, and I'm in their ear at the FDA, and now if you switch it to this new organization... I'll have to do the legwork and I'll have to reach out to these people and I'll have to get in their ear to make sure that Campaign for Tobacco-Free Kids remains relevant when a new organization and a new tobacco control landscape appears on the market. This proposal is yet another giveaway to the tobacco and e-cigarette industry from an administration that recently sided with the industry over kids by leaving thousands of flavored e-cigarettes on the market. Yeah, that's exactly what happened in fact I think I heard Donald Trump say that I think he came out and said nope I uh, I think the vaping industry is far more important and I am purposefully leaving flavored products on the market so that the kids can uh, so the kids can go get addicted because we want them all vaping I don't. Uh, I don't remember Donald Trump saying that at all. This following sentence is a sentence brought to you by just crazy pills, just clown world, just gibberish. Public health groups have pushed the administration to remove all flavored e-cigarette products from the market. Public health groups. These groups that are supposed to be looking out for your health want to remove the most successful stop smoking aid from the market to protect your health. That's like that's that's insane to me. That's insane to me. Let's like oh, public health groups, public health groups, in order to uh, in order to keep headaches down, we are banning Advil. From, from everywhere. No more Advil. No more Advil. This is for your own good. It's for your headaches. And we're going to remove Advil. I'm sorry. That's a really bad analogy. And the reason I have such a hard time with vaping analogies is because vaping has, this is something like vaping has never existed before. It is going to save lives. It has saved lives. It works. It works well. It's easy. It's enjoyable. And I believe that literally any smoker, any smoker with the current available technology, whether that is a liquid-based vapor product, whether that is a heat-not-burn type of product, every smoker can easily get off of combustion in 2020. But the government... Matt Myers, the American Lung Association, they just don't want that to happen. They, it's, it's almost as if they want people combusting. It's almost as if they want people smoking cigarettes. It's almost as if they want this status quo to remain the same. And vaping, It is an intrusive, intrusive, intrusive technology that is really messing up a lot of revenue streams. It's really causing a lot of headaches for Matt Myers and where his funding comes from. It's really causing a lot of headaches for a lot of people. And the people that it's causing headaches for all directly profit and benefit from big tobacco and the sale of combustion tobacco cigarettes. Any e-cigarette company that wants to sell their products in the U.S. after May must receive approval from the FDA and prove that their products benefit public health. That's awesome. So let's hold, let's hold this new technology to a higher standard than we hold the old technologies to. Does that make, does that make any sense whatsoever? And, and this last little sentence here, it just goes to show you by adding one word can completely change the context of the sentence. The percentage of teenagers who are vaping has doubled. Whoops. Sorry about that burp. I'm going to have to leave that in there. The percentage of teenagers who are vaping has doubled in the past two years, according to a government survey, with 25% of high school seniors. 25% of high school seniors, kids who are, a lot of them are going to be 18 years old legal adults. 25% of high school seniors saying they had vaped. In the past month. Did you see the word that they added in there? Had vaped. 25% of high school seniors saying they had vaped in the past month. If they had left had out of there, then they would be lying. They have to include had because that's technically what the survey question says. Had vaped means vaped once or more in the past month. It does not connotate regular use if it was to connotate regular use they would leave the had out they would say 25% of high school students vaped in the last month or regularly vaped in the last month but they throw had in there because Because it's a confusing sentence. And because when you throw the hat in there, it kind of makes it seem like they are vaping regularly, even though they're not vaping regularly. And just the way, just the weasel words that they use in this article, logical, rational, smart adults who would otherwise not be fooled by things could probably read this article and go, well, 25% of high school students are vaping. The reality is that 25% of high school students are not vaping. The reality is that maybe 25% of high school students had vaped in the past month. So ultimately, I don't know where I land on this. I do believe that there needs to be some sort of tobacco-specific group at the federal government, within the federal government, even though this new tobacco control group, which, what's the name of it again? The Center for Tobacco Products, even though the Center for Tobacco Products is still beholden to the Department of Health and Human Services, it's going to be a separate entity, apparently, from the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration. And I truly and honestly see this as a good and normal thing that happens within big agencies and within big governments. And I'm going to draw another, you know, another comparison to when I worked at Starbucks, okay? When I worked at Starbucks, we had a, a pretty large plant. And as the plant grew, there needed to be more committees, more specific committees for specific certain So when I started at the Starbucks roasting plant, we had safety committee, you know, it was a group of people. We were the safety committee. We, We were in charge of all safety throughout the plant. We worked with the safety commissioner manager guy and we talked about safety and proper PPE and OSHA and we were the safety committee and we all safety was encompassed by this one group. And while there still continued to forever be a safety committee, there were breakout groups from the safety committee that focused on other aspects of the roasting plant. So beneath beneath the safety committee, now we have the ladder committee. And while they're part of the safety committee, their focus is strictly on the 300, 400 plus ladders that we had in the roasting plant and making sure that they were always inspected regularly and cleaned regularly and in their proper homes. And there weren't ladders laying around in places where they shouldn't be. And roasters were a big, you know, we were a big part of that. We would take ladders down to do certain tasks. And instead of putting it back every single time, like we were supposed to, maybe we'd just leave it out because it's easier. And then someone from the ladder committee would go, why is this ladder out? This ladder needs to be put back in its place. We had break-off groups that were just for forklift safety. So Forklift Safety Committee, that falls under the Safety Committee, but it's its own specified focused committee that focuses strictly on Forklifts and pallet jacks, and things you drive around. Things like making sure batteries are charged, thinking things like making sure all the maintenance is done on all of these forklifts, Uh, certifications and inspections of forklifts, certifications for drivers, tests for drivers. They focused specifically on forklifts. So, having this sort of breakout committee this Center for Tobacco Products that is under the umbrella of Health and Human Services but is going to be solely laser-focused on tobacco and tobacco control makes a whole lot of sense to me. The Food and Drug Administration having control over tobacco regulations and legislation honestly didn't make a whole lot of sense to me to begin with. And a lot of it stems from just the way that the world is right now. We have the Food and Drug Administration who are trying to control the safety of all of our food in the United States, which is probably a pretty daunting task. On top of that, they have to deal with pharmaceuticals and approving pharmaceutical drugs. We have a gigantic opioid crisis going on in the United States. That falls under the burden of the FDA as well. And then pile on on top of that, oh, well, guess what, FDA? Now you're in charge of tobacco and tobacco control and tobacco regulation. Okay, sure. Just pile that on top of that as well. The reason that none of these things are getting solved. The reason that none of these things are getting thought out or regulated in any capacity is because we have one governmental organization trying to just do the whole damn thing by themselves. So to me, Like I said, this does kind of make a lot of sense. I'm interested to see other people's reactions from this. I'm interested to see anti-vaping groups' reactions to this. I'm honestly interested to see vaping people's and groups' reactions to this. In fact, I would honestly like to see this tobacco group morph into something. I mean, we're going to have legalized cannabis in the United States really soon, I think. I think this is something that uh, they could easily uh, encompass as well. Instead of making it just a tobacco, make it the, the Recreational Drug Association. Have them regulate and control cannabis and tobacco and whatever future legalized recreational drugs. Alcohol, caffeine, I don't know. Maybe that's why we have the alcohol, tobacco, and firearms department. I don't know. I don't know, but I do think this is a step in the right direction. It is adding more bureaucracy, but it's taking that away from one of the biggest bureaucratic groups within the federal government, the Food and Drug Administration. And the only reason I call them the biggest is because I pay my taxes and I can pay my taxes or I can hire an accountant to pay my taxes. I can't understand or get through the pre-market tobacco application I couldn't hire lawyers to decipher the pre market tobacco application. It is just a mess of bureaucracy and paperwork and ridiculousness. And they do things at a snail's pace. And the idea that, you know, these thousands of small vapor businesses are going to be able to even apply, even have their applications reviewed by a human. I think the chances are slim to none and I think it's because the FDA is overworked and I think that the FDA doesn't want to let things go out of their grasp because they like that power. I can't think of any other reason why Scott Gottlieb wouldn't go, oh yeah, that kind of makes sense. Food and Drug Administration and now we're going to have, you know, the Tobacco Control Association and they can focus on the things that the FDA couldn't focus on because the FDA was given this burden when they already had a thousand burdens upon them. Am I just rambling too much at this point? I think I'm just rambling at this point. Uh, So we're going to go ahead and wrap up this very, very first episode of the full grim podcast. This is something I'm going to be doing as often as I possibly can. I really like this format. I really like podcasting and I really like talking about the news just so much. More Scott Gottlieb, more Bernie Sanders, more tobacco control. And for anybody wondering what my vape was during this podcast, I was using the IPV V3 auto feeder uh, little guy, the IPV V3. Got some six milligram sort of custardy bakery flavor in there. Spectacular. That is what I got for today, everybody, here on the Full Grim Podcast. And like I say, everywhere, all over the place, all over the internet, no matter what any crooked politician tells you, no matter what Mike Bloomberg tells you, no matter what the California Department of Public Health tells you, always, always, you guys, Let's keep on vaping.